or at the same time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful to worship the Lord? Isn't it wonderful to worship the Lord? I just, this is not in my notes, but I feel to read just a couple of verses out of the book of Revelation on worship, which I believe is an expectation of God for the earth. In Revelation chapter 4, it's entitled, The Throne and Worship of, of, of the Creator. And uh, out of the throne, verse 5, it says, uh, comes flashing of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder. There were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven old spirit of God. And before the throne, there was something like a sea of glass, crystal. In the center of and among the throne, four living creatures full of eyes in the front and behind. And the first creature was like a lion. And he describes the creatures, verse 8, and the four living creatures, each one of them, having six wings and full of eyes around within. You know, it talks about just the ability to see. Day and night, they do not cease to say, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And when the living creatures, giving glory and honor and thanks to him who sat on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before the, him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. This is heavenly worship. And they say, worthy are you, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things, and because of your and because of your will they exist. Because of his will they exist. <clears throat> Not because of ours. And then if we drop down in chapter five down to verse When he took the book, they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break the seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men or people from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And you have made them to be king, a kingdom of priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. This is a vision and purpose coming right out of heaven. Amen? It's a vision coming right out of heaven. This is not man's idea. This is a revelation that God is showing John, as he's writing, he has made them, which is you, you're the them, 
to be a kingdom of priests, meaning the representative of the royal power of God to minister, priest is to minister, to minister it on earth. You're called to be a minister. Hmm. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them were myriads and myriads or thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature living which is in the heaven and in the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them I heard say to him who sits on the throne and the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. Worship never stops. Honor never stops in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. To live a life with that sensitivity in your heart. To expect and the four living creatures they kept saying amen 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 and the elders fell down and worshipped there is something about the manifest presence of God that motivates the inner heart of man that man cannot perform on their own. Worship is not a performance. Worship is an adoration of honor and glory and power. Amen? What a, what a vision. What a vision God wants to bring to this earth in worship. Um, <clears throat> sister, can you just come over here for a minute? Yeah, you. Um, I just, God just showed me your heart this morning. And deep down in your heart, there's a passion that you cannot put out. And I see a flame burning there, bright. That flame is there for a purpose. And the flame is the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in you. And God wants to release what's in their heart and that passion that's there, even though some of it you don't understand. 
Are you, are you ready for that release? Okay, just raise your hands and receive it. Let's just, just believe for her. Amen? Father, we just speak a release right now in the name of Jesus. Release. Complete release, Lord. Hmm. I made you worthy. Think not that you're unworthy, because I made you worthy. You are worthy. And we speak a release now in the name of Jesus. That that which you put in her heart would come forth. In Jesus' name. Just stand there and receive. Just stand, just stand there while we go on. Sir, I, I don't remember your name. Hallelujah. I'm not embarrassing you, am I? Okay, if I am, I'm sorry. I don't mean to do that. But I just believe God wants to release what's in you. Hmm. Father, we just speak a release and an understanding. Father, I pray that, that the eyes of his understanding to receive a revelation of wisdom and anointing. Father, you put something in this man. You put this life in this man. And you didn't put it there to frustrate him. You put it there to flow. So, Father, we just come into agreement with that right now in Jesus' name. And we just release that flow. Hallelujah. Mm, wow. Mm. Thank you, Lord. I just see these words, hear these words coming from the Lord. You are a blessing. You are a dispenser of blessing. These hands are the hands of blessing. These hands shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Blessings to you. Um, I don't remember names, but the blonde lady sitting right there. No, there's nobody behind you. Let's come up for a moment. Carry. What do you carry? I know what you carry. Do you know what you carry? You carry the anointing. Yes. Amen. There's an exuberance in you, and there's a, there's a life that bubbles. And God wants that life to become reality to others. All right? So just, is, is, do you bear witness to that? All right? Just, just receive it now. Don't look at me. Huh? I'm just a man. At least I think I am. Father, we release blessing. Jesus' name. Release a blessing in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. What you have hoped for and looked for for many years is now going to come into reality. 
Put your hand right there. We release that river. It's okay, let it go. That's it. He's expressing himself right now to you. Mm. I'd like to share a scripture verse this morning out of the book of Ephesians. And I want to share a little bit about that particular verse in a brief sense. I hear chuckles. Paul is praying for the Ephesian church and he, he says in verse 16, do not, I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. And here's, here's, here's what the Holy Spirit, you have to understand Paul's not just saying these words out of his mind. The inspiration of the Holy Spirit has come upon him because all scripture is inspired of God. And the Holy Spirit is saying to Paul, I want you to say this. I want you to, this is what you're going to say to that church. May the eyes of your heart, may the eyes of your understanding, the other version, may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Okay, so... What is the hope of your calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in you? You see, a father has an inheritance in his children. A mother has an inheritance in their children. And what we put in our children is what we inherit. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward you who believe? Are you a believer? God wants to give you a revelation of the power that's constantly coming towards you. Who believe? There are, these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. So he is performing this act upon your life. He performs this act upon your life. So the so the father of heaven says to the holy spirit, you tell Paul to tell him this. What is happening is according to the working of my strength 
towards you. You see, it's not by might nor by power, but by my. Hmm. And, and I believe that sometimes we live far below the potential of what's coming towards us. There are different things that come toward us, but there's a power that's greater than all the things that come toward us. And it's the power of Almighty God, which He, which he performed in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. This power that's coming towards you is the same power that raised Jesus out of the grave. It's the same power that took that dead body, that dead human body, and made it a glorious body. That power that did that is constantly coming to you. Pastor David's been sharing, and Pastor Danny, on the influence being under the influence. You have to receive the power that's coming towards you. There's different things that come toward us. All kinds of things come toward us. But God wants us to understand there's a power from heaven that is stronger than any other power that's coming towards us, constantly coming towards us, never, ever stopping. It's a consistent thing. And to, to begin to receive and begin to understand and begin to... Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going ahead of my message now. Boom. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And seated him, the same power that's coming towards you, is the power that put Jesus on the right hand of the Father. Same power. We don't have a lesser power than resurrected power. We have a power of life. Amen? A power of life in life and for life. To dispense life. Seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. This power comes from heaven, and it transcends, it, it transcends us into heaven. It actually transcends us. It actually translates us into heaven. Because we're seated there with him. <laughs> Amen. You see, Christ in you is the whole statement of all that the new covenant has to offer. Let me say that again. Christ in you is the complete emphasis, the complete statement of all that the new covenant has for you. Amen. Everything. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age in the one to come. Read that again. Far above all rule. I, I'm trying to grasp God. What is it like to live far above all other rule? We can because 
the power that raised Christ from the dead, who rules death and every other thing, is in us, upon us, and coming towards us. Now, we're going to get to that in a minute. I just want to give you a revelation of what the revelation that God wants to give this particular church is the dimensions of resurrected power. Not just power, not just presence, but resurrected power that has manifest presence. I was talking to one pastor. We were there with Pastor Daniel and Joshua and Elise. And he says, you know, he says, Pastor Daniel is the first pastor I've heard preach in a long time. I actually believed what he was saying. <laughs> and, and it was like, it's like they had some embers burning. And it was like Daniel just put the match to it and it would go... And they, they, they just can't forget you. So I boasted on you. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. And every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the one to come. In other words, this rule never ends. Hallelujah. Some of us may be just beginning in it, learning it, trying to walk in it. But God is trying to get the church of Ephesus' attention of what is available to them and actually what is actually happening to them that they don't seem to be aware of. And so God inspired Paul by the Holy Spirit to begin to pray for them. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be, the eyes of your understanding, that you may know. Know. Now, the Greek word here is ido. And it actually, the first meaning of it is to see. That you may see. Do you see? See? I'd like to illustrate this somehow. Why don't you two come up here? Okay, now I want you to stand there, and I want you to stand here, and I want you to look at her and tell us what you see. <laughs> what do you see? Yeah. What do you see in her? Do you know God's there? So you see and you know. Big part? You don't even have to think about it. That's good. You know what? You don't have to remind him then, eh? Right? So when you look at someone, what do you see? Well, I see a face. Well, God sees more than that. 
Thank you. Um, God sees more than that. He sees our heart. He sees our thoughts. He knows our thoughts before we even think them. I mean, it's amazing. So that you may know, the first meaning of it is to see. To see, to know. To see, to know. I saw something in your life, and I saw something in your life, and I saw something in your life this morning. You know what I do at Timmy's? I get a cup of coffee, and I sit down, Lord, I want a video. Because the, the Latin word of this word means video. We're not born to be blind. We once were in a blind world. But once you got saved, you come into the world of seeing and knowing. God loves putting on a videotape. He does. He loves putting on a videotape. And so I sit in Timmy, and I said, Lord, you said I could see, and you're constantly videoing. Show me something. So he showed me this lady sitting there with her child, and he showed me some things about her. And then he said to me, go tell her everything will be okay. I failed there. But I'm learning. See, we call it highlighting. But actually, it's video. Edo. To see, to know. I saw and I knew only because God communicated. And, and Paul's, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is praying for this church that they would come to be like that. To be that kind of people. So he wasn't just saying, well, uh, you know, just tell the elders that they need to see. Or tell the pastor. No, no. He's talking to the whole church of the city. Everybody. And how, and you know, that includes all of us. And I'm sure there are some of you already functioning in some of this stuff already. But. Romans, I was reminded of this verse this morning, Romans 8 says that we are being conformed to his image and his likeness, right? So when, when Jesus came to earth, it said that he was in the likeness of the Father. So how did we know and how do we see the likeness of the Father in the Son? By what he said and what he did and what he accomplished. And how he related with people. So, we are being conformed to that image. Not just in character, although it is that. But it is also being conformed to who he is like. A representative of the Father. Do you know you're a representative of the Father here? And he says, anything you ask of my Father in my name, he's going to do it. So I think we, we need to lift our vision higher and we need to see to know. Amen? 
I, 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 love, I love doing this. I, I love going out to God. <laughs> so I go the second time. He shows me another video. I didn't do nothing about it. But I'm learning because there, I'm taking baby steps in this thing. I'm not willing to walk off the cliff of failure. I will fail somewhere, but I'm not going to fail where it's fatal. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, how many of you know that story? Why did he curse the fig tree? Because it had no fruit. And so I looked this up in my encyclopedia about the fig tree. And it says there that a fig tree always has immature fruit. And because it has immature fruit, mature fruit will come. But it didn't have even immature fruit, and therefore he knew it was not going to have any fruit at all. So what did he do? He cursed it and dried it up. And the disciples looked at it and they said, wow, hey, John, did, did you see what he did to that tree? It just, look at that, it just shriveled right up, right there. And then he says, oh, you a little faith. This is important. See that mountain? If you have faith of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be thrown into the sea, and it will be done. What did he do? He took their eyes off of what they just saw onto something greater. God is always the greater. Amen? He never wants us to stay in the mediocre. We always move toward the greater. Right? So I'm endeavoring to move to the greater, and I'm taking baby steps, and I have immature fruit. It's okay to have immature fruit. Because if you have immature fruit, mature fruit's going to come. So, don't be ashamed of immature fruit. It's the evidence of mature fruit coming. Right? So, when we fail or we don't perform, well, it's okay. You know what? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't condemn yourself over it. You know, sometimes we can feel guilty that we didn't do something. And, and, and so it is. I did too. I felt guilty. I walked out. And the Holy Spirit comes saying, go back and tell her, go back. And I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> but see, whenever you want to venture off into something that's greater than you, you will have a crisis of faith. We learned that long time ago. So, why am I saying all this? The potential, the potential that is in you is the potential that is in heaven. It's the same potential in you that is in heaven. The last verse, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all things. The head, he's the head. 
We are his body. And so what he's saying to them, listen, the head is in charge. You are connected to the head, and every part of your body is subject to the mind and the will of the head. And here's what, here's what he said he, they needed to receive in order to discover this. He says, I pray that your eyes of your, of your understanding may be enlightened. Oh. Do you know that you have inner eyes? You, you have more than these eyes. You have inner eyes. You see, here's what happens. Bradley's standing here, and he's looking at his beautiful wife, and his eyes is seeing something, but his inner eye is explaining it. Because not only did he see it with his physical eye, he saw it with his, the eyes of his understanding. He says, I know it. So, that the eyes of our understanding, hmm, that you may know or see So what do you see? This has been a big challenge of ours now for the last four years. Right, Winona? I've been challenging her all the time. Well, well, what do you see? Well, I see this vision. Well, why are you seeing it? Explain it to me. Don't tell me you saw it. Tell me what it's about. What is it for? I challenged her to actually, and God did take her through it. Like, it's just the way it is. But there's a potential in the body of Christ that I believe God wants to lift his church to that resurrected level. Amen? To the resurrected level. I mean, we celebrate his birth. To me, it's just religion. It might mean something to you, and I'm sorry if I offend you. But I came out of the Greek Orthodox, we celebrated all this stuff, and it was deader than a doornail. It had no life in it at all. So celebration isn't holy unless you know the Holy One. He came to bring heaven to earth. He came to demonstrate the kingdom. He didn't just come to be born in a manger, live his life, and die for our sins, although he did that. But he came for something greater than that. He came to demonstrate the authority of God on the earth. Right? He left us a model. He came to teach and leave a picture and words of our future reality. He came to disciple, get people to follow him. And he says, now I want you to go make other ones who will follow me. He came to confront religion. And he did. He came to die. 
He came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to release the Holy Spirit. He came to release you. He didn't just come, we saw, well, he came to die, you know, he's born in a manger and he died for, and he died for my sins. That's true, and he died for forgiveness, but he died for a lot more than that. He's got the keys. Do you know, I just got a vision of another book while we were worshiping this morning. I'm, on, I'm, going to, I'm going to take my basic doctrine book and I'm going to rephrase it. I'm going to say this. Who is he that's living in you? And I'm going to use the book to explain who lives in you. Because that is our reality. The God who knows everything lives in you. The God who has all power lives in us. Amen? The God who is eternal, lives in you. The God who is omniscient, he knows everything, lives in you. The Jesus who sits at the right hand of God lives in you. There, there, there's, there has to come a revelation of who's in us. You see, when God looks at you, he doesn't see who you were, he sees who you are, and that's Christ in you. He changed the Father's vision of how he sees you. We have such great potential that is just waiting. The Father is just waiting for my sons and daughters to step into the reality of the eyes of your understanding that you may know the hope it's not just hope that I'm going to eternity. It's hope that is real now. What do you hope for now? Good word. Good word. Right. At the eyes may know the hope. <laughs> and there's the word ideal. That you may see the hope. Now, let me demonstrate this to you because previous to this, he talked about, he says, I saw your faith, and because I saw your faith, this is how I'm going to pray for you. The father saw the faith, but he says, ah, their faith needs to be mobilized, and how it's going to get mobilized is if you pray this prayer for them, that the eyes of their understanding may be enlightened, that they may know the hope and the power that's coming towards them. That's in Ephesians. That you may see the power that's coming towards you. That you may see to know. Hmm. I mean, this is beyond our ability, folks. This is not something we can perform. But let me show you something, what happens with faith. And Jesus demonstrated the faith when he when he kind of screwed up that little fig tree. He, he dried it up. 
And you have faith, you, you have faith to dry up what you need to dry up. You can dry up the fruitlessness of your life through faith. But then he pointed them to the mountain. And how, much, how, much, how many of us know that there's a big difference between a tree and a mountain? I mean, mountains have trees on it. So mountain is very... I mean, he took them to the impossible. Remember Pastor David talking about the impossible? Living to fulfill the impossible. He took them to the impossible. He lifted their eyes to what they could never do in the natural. But that they could do through the power, their faith, enacted, can release the resurrected power that is coming towards you to accomplish things that you cannot do in the natural. Amen? Hallelujah. His kingdom rules over all. And it's in you and me. I'm trying to grasp that, to be honest with you. I, I'm excited about this. This is new for me. I love walking in the new. But let me show you what happens when God gives faith. It can be in the negative or it can be in the positive. But one of the, there's a lot of prime examples in the Bible about what happens when all of a sudden something comes to you and it births a faith. God said to Noah, I'm going to destroy the earth. Nobody listened to him except Noah. You know what? You don't need everybody. You just need yourself. And then what happened to Noah? Here's what happened to Noah. According to the Bible, this is what happened to Noah. Faith became the substance and the reality of what he hoped for. Faith became what he could not see with his natural eyes, but he could eat with the eyes of his understanding. And so what happened? Something he never saw before, something he never experienced before, all downloaded into his eyes of his understanding, and he saw the ark. He saw the rain. He saw how to build the ark. Can you imagine? The eyes of his understanding were enlightened to know his destiny, his call, and what he needed to do. Just like that. Instantly. Abraham saw a heavenly city. Faith opened up heaven to him, and he saw a heavenly city whose maker was God. And God said to him, I want you to look into the stars and see 
how many children you're going to have. And I want you to look at the sand and, and you tell me how many children. Well, he couldn't even number them. But what did God do? God visionary told him, told him, he says, I'm going to give you vision. And he, he pointed him to the stars and he pointed him to the sand. And he says, that's how many children you're going to have. You won't be able to count them. He idioted him. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. There's a substance that comes in you that faith brings an expectation and it brings actually an ability to understand to some degree until, and, and to some, it only stays to some degree until you begin to do it. Oh, yeah, I see there's an ark. Yeah, I see there's boards. Oh, I see this. Oh, but that's only part of it. Noah, you got to do it. So what did Abraham do? Abraham, he was so old, he couldn't even do what God asked him to do. Sarah couldn't do what God asked him to do. And sometimes we're asked to do something that we can't do. But the power that comes towards you is the divine ability to take your faith and make it happen. Sarah. Anybody not able to have children here today? Sarah is a prime example. By faith, she conceived. It wasn't all on Abraham. Somewhere or another, out of her laughter, she believed. And she conceived, and what was impossible happened. Do you know why? Because the power of God that was coming towards them made it happen. Oh, hallelujah. I, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this because I believe part of what we've been learning, trying to learn as a church God has the ability to teach us. What, we, what we've been desiring to reach the lost, to walk in prophetic word of knowledge, word of wisdom, understanding, healing, and stuff like that. You know what? <laughs> who can teach us? I'll tell you who is the best teacher in the world. Can you tell me? The Holy Spirit. So, Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, he says, you know what? He's going to stand right by you. Come here. Yeah, you're the Holy Spirit. He's going to stand right by me. And everywhere I go, he's going to come with me. Everywhere I go, divine abilities with me. Everywhere I go, the power of God's with me. Every, everything, uh, he's walking right with me. He, he's my paracletus. He's right, para means to be Right alongside. Hallelujah. Everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit is right by your side. Everywhere you go, the Father is sending communication down to the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, Holy Spirit, tell them this. Holy Spirit, show them this.
I love the show. <laughs> I love EDO. I say, God, EDO me. And I don't dare you. God does. He just dares you to ask him. Because he says, anything you ask in my name, I'm going to do it for you. And every one of us could hear, all of us here could be idiot this week if you ask him. And that's how you're going to start learning. Amen? Hallelujah. Just think. It's not just power. It's resurrected power. Let me just kind of take that. He took the wreck. Resurrect. He took the wreck of the body and tired it. He resurrected it. He took the wrecked body in the grave and he resurrected it. It came in that grave and boom! What do I say now? I am so excited about what God has for us as a church. And you know what? I, I, I understand the mentoring concept. I understand the discipleship concept. I understand all that. I don't like some of the mentoring that I see nowadays. It's a lot of manipulation and well, I don't agree with some of it, the way it's being, the way it's being pictured. But the greatest mentor in your life is the Holy Spirit. That's the greatest mentor of your life. I can share some things with you. I can demonstrate some things to you. But I cannot replace the Holy Spirit in your life. Nobody can replace the Holy Spirit in your life. Nobody. And, and the moment you limit yourself to what man can offer you, you have brought yourself down to man's level. But you expect the Holy Spirit to somehow quicken the Word of God to you and actually give you a videotape and come alive and begin to see in the Spirit, and He will take you to realms you will never, ever imagine. You see, the kingdom is not a man. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of the king of the whole earth. He's waiting for us to come under his rulership in certain areas of life. And one of the things I'm doing right now is I'm coming under his rulership in seeing. God, I, your Holy Spirit, you said the Holy Spirit would show me. Show me. Amen? It's not very complicated. But you can't figure it out. That doesn't make any sense, does it? Or does it? Hallelujah. Oh, my. I didn't know what I was going to say today. To be honest with you, I didn't know what I was going to say. In fact, I came to church frustrated. 
but as I worshiped. And there's something about getting into the heavenly places that unlocks things that you have no idea that you'd even talk about them. And God dares you. God dares you to ask Him. The next time you go downtown, the next time you go to a restaurant, say, God, video me. And we will learn together. Amen? We will all learn together. And one writer puts it, the Ephesian church was living at a level far below their potential. That's why the book is written. And so I'm soaking myself in it. God, you just... So here's my final scripture verse for you. I have five minutes to read it. Do, 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 do you want me to, to, to read it to you? <laughs> now unto him who is able. Chapter 3. To do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you would ever ask or think. But if you don't ask and you don't think... He ain't going to do nothing. So, all we have to do is ask. And what do you do when you ask? You, when you ask, you put yourself and you release yourself to his potential. And it's usually far above we would ever ask. And it's always far above what we even think. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm. If God was going to eat your hands, look at your hands. Just just look at them. Okay? What do you see? Well, I see five fingers. Well, that's true. If you only got four, one's missing. But what do you see? You see your hands, right? All right. Now, what do you see in your hands? What does the Word say? What does the Word say about your hands? You shall lay hands on the sick, and what will happen? They shall recover. Do you see recovery in your hands? God does. And quite often, the video of our life is found in the Word. Hmm. So would you like to be videoed?
I mean, do you want to you walk in some potential, divine potential? God's waiting for you. God's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to ask. He's waiting for you to think. And I, and I get I get kind of caught up in thinking sometimes, and I'm thinking, why am I thinking what I'm thinking? But he's waiting for you to think kingdom. I think I can. I think, I think, I think. What do you think? Well, here's what Noah thought. Noah thought what God showed him. A destroyed earth. A floating ark. His family saved. And then God says, I want you to call all the animals in. Can you imagine walking in that authority? Hey, you donkeys. Over here. I mean, it's amazing. So when you read the chapters of faith, just think of the videos they had. They, they had, they saw to know. Amen? Father, thank you that you don't leave us where we are. You've always got something new for us to learn in your kingdom. And we humbly come to you this morning, this afternoon, and we say, Lord, I submit to the teaching you gave me about the Holy Spirit, and I submit to him. And I ask, Father, that you show me the things that you want me to see and do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.